Heart Church Online. Oh my gosh, we are uh, so excited about uh, what God's going to do today. And um, thanks for joining us on Facebook Live. Uh, I've got uh, a lot of you here just jumping on and I'm just going to pause for a few minutes and stall uh, as we allow people to just kind of hop on. And uh, man, just take a deep breath as we have an opportunity to really encounter God right here in the middle of your living room. And we kind of set up a living room here at our church, and you're going to see different camera angles uh, to experience that. Um, I'm not sure exactly what angle you have now, but on my right, we've got Mike, and he's on drums. We have Adam on keys. Crystal is in the background. She's going to be singing as well as Dylan. And uh, man, I'm, I'm really pumped about just the worship we're going to bring and the message that I feel like God has for you. And I hope you're doing well. I hope you're staying encouraged. Uh, moms out there, God bless you for homeschooling your kids, even if you didn't sign up for that. I know we've been in that scenario, but uh, it's been a blessing. And so, hey, just as uh, you guys continue to jump on, hey, Mindy, Jenny, uh, oh my gosh, my brother and his family, so excited to see all of you. Thank you for joining us. Hey, I wanted to highlight a couple of things. One is, you know, Facebook's a great opportunity to connect, and that's what our heart and desire was. That's why this isn't pre-recorded. It's actually live, because we want this to feel like community. And so use that comment uh, section to just connect, say, hey, even uh, write in prayer requests. Kristen, who manages the social media, she's going to sort of facilitate that conversation. Um, you can actually talk during my message, and I won't know it. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I want to encourage you to continue to engage with one another in this process. And so, hey, I'm going to pray. Father God, we just, uh, just want to pause for a moment and recognize that you're on the throne, Jesus, that you have incredible things in store for us. Lord, we saw you interacting with the disciples in the middle of their storms. And God, you always brought peace. You always brought a word. Jesus, you always brought destiny and hope. And I know you're doing that for us. And so I pray that in the next few moments, as we lean into you, that this would be no different. Right here in this living room here, translated to their living rooms, we are connected. We are connected by your spirit. We are connected by the resurrection life that's in us. And it's with that hope that we put our eyes on you and we sing with all of our might that you are good. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. Was I was buried beneath my shame. And who could carry that kind of weight? It was my turn till I met you.
too high It was my truth Till I met you Sing you call You called my name
darkness into your glorious day. You call me out. You call me out. You call me out of the darkness. You call me out to your marvelous light. Call me higher. You want me to go deeper. You call me by my name. You call me your son. Out of the darkness into your marvelous light, I have been set free, and now I'm free indeed. I need a rescue, and you were there. I needed my chains to break. You were there to break them. I needed your hand to come and lift me up. Oh, you're always I was an orphan, now you call me a citizen of heaven. I needed rescue, my sin was heavy, but chains break, got the weight of your glory. I needed shelter, I was an orphan, now you call me. Sing that again, I need a rescue. I needed rescue, my sin was heavy, but chains break out the weight of your glory. I needed shelter, I was an orphan, then you called me a citizen of heaven.
church family. Man, I love that song so much. Uh, we love and miss you guys. It is so awesome to be able to have this technology allow us to be staying connected with each other. And to, I hope that you were sitting in your in your house with your family, with your hands up, praising God for that. That was awesome. Um, this has been so much fun, this new change up for us. I'm sure you can see we put a lot of work into this. A lot of people came and worked their tushes off to make sure we were kind of improving every single Sunday as we learn how this works and how we can best um, really lean into God when we're not together like this. Um, so thank you for joining us. If you don't know, my name's Philip Jordan. I'm one of the council members and I lead men's ministry here at Heart Church. And uh, we're about to have our chance to hear Pastor Shane get up and give us a word that's straight from, from God, which will be amazing. But before we do that, I wanna really kinda just say thank you to the community that's been here, that's working so hard to make this happen. And knowing that we are still a church, so we really have a need when it comes to your, your grateful and your generous hearts with regards to giving. So there's a couple different ways, if, if you should see it on the screen here shortly, ways for you to give. And that's either, either through an app going onto the Heart Church app, going onto our website, or obviously you can send in the mail uh, a check to us. We really, really appreciate that. And I wanna pray over that time right now and pray over your generous giving. You can just bow your heads, Lord. 
Father God, I thank you for this opportunity to just lean into praising and worshiping you. You're amazing, Lord. We love you. You are the king in the midst of all the shenanigans going on, God. We can trust that you are for us. And when you're for us, who can be against us? And that's nobody, Lord. I want to just pray over those who give to this heart church and call this place home. Uh, that you just bless them in this time of shelter in place. Bless us them in time if they've lost their jobs, Lord, that you have, a, you have another job for them. And for those that are sick and at home, Lord, just I pray your healing hand over them. We love you and we praise you. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now let's bring up Pastor Shane. Amen and amen. Well, right where you're at, uh, can we just thank Phil and the team uh, for such an incredible job? I loved that worship. I loved even just being on uh, with you guys in a little bit, uh, just a little bit of interaction. I love it. Um, the way that social media has created a platform for us. And uh, man, I want to dive right in. Like I said, my name is Shane, and maybe you're tuning in and uh, you're in Escondido and looking for a church, or maybe you're somewhere else in the world or the United States. Uh, looking for hope, looking for encouragement, and I have good news, and that is uh, we have hope and we have good news. Um, and so I want to invite you to turn with me to John chapter 20, and uh, we'll have some slides up there for you as well. And uh, we're going we're gonna to dive into a story that was really on my heart in light of what we've been going through. In fact, two weeks ago, if you uh, were able to hear the message, view the message, I taught on uh, Mary Magdalene and the way that she interacted, encountered Jesus just coming out of the tomb. And, uh, and this week, I want to sort of revisit that story from a different angle and talk about the disciples and the way that Jesus interacted and encountered them as they were hiding away in fear. And um, the title of my message, if you're taking notes, is Feeding on His Faithfulness. Feeding on His faithfulness. And so I'm going to pick up in John chapter 20. I'm going to be reading from the ESV. Like I said, it'll be up there. And we're going to start in verse 19. And it says this, on the day, uh, on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were glad that they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them, and if you withhold forgiveness from any, it will be withheld. Jesus, I want to pray for a moment over your word. God, I ask that it would be illuminated to us. Your word specifically says that, that it's living and active and it's able to change us from the inside out. It's the only thing that can. And so God, in these times, I pray that your light truly would be a beacon of hope to awaken something in us. Breathe once again on your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so... Being in the long middle is, uh, is frustrating, to say the least. Um, have, have you ever started a project and been, like, super excited about it? Like, I'm thinking, you know, uh, I'm a big visual person, so anytime uh, I'm 
endeavoring to do anything. I like to write it down. And in fact, uh, if you know me, you know I like whiteboards because I'm so visual. And so like in my office, I got whiteboards and I like to draw and I'm not a very good drawer, but I just to like get it on the whiteboard and dream about what could be. And that's so much fun. Um, but, but then reality steps in a couple days later when you see everything's still on the whiteboard and nothing's happened. That's called the long middle. The end is exciting if it ever comes to fruition and the beginning is amazing, but the long middle is tough. It's kind of like when you uh, think about cleaning your garage. I know that we've had a little bit of extra time on our hands at the house. And when, uh, when you're in between uh, homeschooling the kids uh, and making sure that you're not losing your mind and uh, you're not binge watching the Netflix uh, series, then um, you're sort of looking around the house like I am going, what projects uh, maybe could I do right now? And one of them is for me cleaning the garage. And if you're like me on the garage deal, um, the beginning's fun because you get all inspired. You're probably like me. You've done this before with your garage. You look in the garage and it's just a mess and you you get inspired and you pull everything out of the garage into the driveway because you're going to organize stuff. You're going to throw stuff away. You're going to take a run to the dump. It's going to be amazing. And then about like, Somewhere between an hour and two hours in to everything being in the driveway, you sort of lose your steam. (laughs) And then it suddenly dawns on you that you could just throw your stuff back in the garage and it's going to be fine. And that's called the long middle. Uh, And so so, I've sort of been thinking about the reality that, that we're in, and that is that sort of with this whole season, unique season in the life of our families, our communities, our nation. I feel like we're kind of in the long middle. I mean, if there was any excitement to like, hey, babe, I get to stay home a little bit longer. Uh, I'll have more time with the kids, right? We'll get to hunker down and, you know, uh, uh, watch some TV and relax. Um, that, that excitement's over. And now we're just trying to survive in the midst of all of this. I know you know what I'm talking about. Kind of in the long middle. And um, I was thinking about um, that it's in, in the long middle that we're susceptible to um, comfort foods. Now, this is not an infomercial for my favorite cereal, although it's so good. Um, but a, a, a wonderful couple of ours, uh, friends of ours, came over to our house. You know who you are. I think you're watching. They came over. Uh, because they announced that they're starting a new diet and they had just gone to the grocery store not on a diet and they bought a bunch of food that they're no longer eating and this is one of them and they brought over Cinnamon Toast Crunch and um, so like a good pastor, I received it with joy and then I ate it. So I had to go buy a new box because I ate the other one but uh, this represents comfort food because that's what we do in the long middle. We try to figure out any way to, to find solace, to find peace, to find comfort. And let's just say uh, today, I haven't been on a diet. Uh, I've been enjoying food. Uh, anybody out there with me? And um, one of the things that comfort food does is it makes you feel bloated. And... Um, Bloated is sort of an interesting term, but it comes from inflammation. And I just want to geek out on you just for a moment because I want to read to you some of the effects of inflammation in our body when we eat foods that are inflammatory. Um, Inflammation is the body's natural response to safeguard against infection. 
when it senses a threat, the immune system's response is inflammation, even when there is no threat. And the result is damage to internal tissues and swollen joints. Uh, I don't know if you can relate with me, but when I'm eating food that I probably shouldn't be eating and excess of, then I feel a little bit bloated. I feel a little bit swollen um, because that is my body reacting to uh, me eating comfort food. Now, how in the world does that relate with us being in the long middle? Well, I wrote this down. You'll see it up on the screen. When we feed on the wrong thing, our soul begins to sense a threat and respond with anxiety, with fear, and with panic. When we feed on the wrong thing. And uh, Psalm chapter uh, 37 verse 3 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Feeding on the Lord's faithfulness in this time is going to be like the Lord breathing new life into you. And man, we are going to dive right in. We are going to feed on the Lord's faithfulness because I believe that God wants to breathe that new life into us all. It's not going to come from the government. It's not going to come from good news from uh, Capitol Hill. It's not going to come from the stock market. It is going to come as we dive into the one true source of everything, and that's Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. So Jesus shows up to these disciples right in the middle of them binging on comfort food and Netflix. I mean, they're scared, they're fearful, they are locked in, quarantined, like they're literally worst day ever. And Jesus just shows up in the middle and he speaks something to them profound. He speaks, Peace be. With you Now that word peace literally means wholeness, totality, and a, a sense of completion. It's not just peace as in lack of worry. It's the full package. Let me ask you this. Where does your sense of peace, where does your sense of security and hope come from? What are you looking for today? in the midst of this time, to have that sense of connection, of peace. The disciples had, had sort of heard this speech before, because in John chapter 14, before Jesus died and was rose, risen again, he talked to them about this very thing, and you'll see up on the screen, John chapter 14, verse 27. And this is out of the Passion Translation. I, lo I love this scripture. Uh, it says, I leave, this is Jesus talking, I leave the gift of peace with you, my peace. Not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my, catch this, perfect peace. Perfect peace. Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. And then he says this, instead, be courageous. Now, it's interesting. Uh, many theologians believe that Jesus was actually doing something significant here. 
um, when, when Jesus was talking to the disciples about this, he was connecting them with a verse in the Old Testament that they would have known really well, and it was Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. I'll bet you you know that scripture. Remember when Joshua was flipping out, freaking out? Moses just died. He didn't, he, like, his, his world was caving in around him, and God came to Joshua, and he said, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed for I'm with you. And so Jesus is showing up and he's connecting them with this this profound idea. It's not just about having peace. It's about rising up with a sense of boldness and courage that God is with us and he is working. And so when Jesus showed up and said, peace be with you, he was connecting all of those dots, not just to what he had said, but what they had read about one of their heroes in the faith, Joshua. So I love the sequence of, of Jesus' appearing. So notice, notice what he does next. So he starts with peace, right? Peace be with you. And they're freaking out and they're like, oh. And so then you would expect Jesus to say, like, like it's okay now. Um, you're safe, like you can come out of hiding. Uh, I'm not gonna let them hurt you. And so that's why you can have peace. Almost like daddy's here, right? Like you don't have to worry now, I'm here. And so you can have peace. Or better yet, you would expect Jesus to say, peace be with you. And then say, guys, like, remember what I taught you, right? Um, uh, You wanna have a blessed life, um, and full of my peace and, and provision? How's your walk? Like keeping the Ten Commandments? Like how about those B attitudes? I mean, guys, listen, I gave you all this good stuff. I equipped you for this moment. And then like you're losing your minds. So listen, how about this? How about I go away again for three days and I give you another opportunity to sort of prove yourself because you guys are flipping out and I'm telling you, you need to have peace. And so guys, you really need to get your act together. Do you ever feel like you need to prove yourself? Like, do you ever feel like the sense of peace that you're gonna get with God is gonna come from you getting your act together? together. I do. Even in this time, I, anytime I'm going through a struggle and a trial, like I, I, I hesitate to put it on God. I always look to me and I go, Shane, get it together. And Jesus comes and he says, peace be with you. And then in verse 20, this is the most profound thing about the story, because this is what happens next. It says, when he had said this, He showed them his hands and his side. He just held out his hands and he said, see what I did for you. Like that was the source of all things. It it wasn't like, hey, promises for the future. You're never going to struggle anymore. I'm here. Let's get out of here and let's go conquer the world. And and it wasn't, guys, you really need to get yourself together and you really need to prove yourself because I'm leaving everything to you. It was just like, hey guys, peace be with you. Look what I did. Look what I did for you. See, our way out of the storms in our life will never be clinging to our good work or our behavior, 
but it will be feeding on his faithfulness. Do you remember Mary and Martha? Remember when they were in their storm and, and their crisis and their world was falling apart? Do you remember when, when Lazarus was, was dead and he had been dead for three days and Mary and Martha are at, at the lowest point in their life and they had no idea what to do except call on Jesus. And so when they called on Jesus, you would have thought that they would have said, Jesus, come now, come and heal Lazarus. We know you can. And by the way, Lazarus, this, this Lazarus, your friend, he's the one that loves you deeply. He's the one that's been faithful to you. So please come. If there's anyone that you should reach out to and extend mercy to, it's Lazarus. He's deserved it. Like he deserves it. He's proven himself. That's probably what I would have done. It's what I do. At times when I'm struggling as I say, God, will you, will you help me? Because I've done my best. And, and if you help me, I will serve you. I will, I will be so faithful to you if you just come down and help me. Like if you could just throw me a bone, I will love you for my whole life. But it's not what happened and it's not what we see in scripture. Mary and Martha, they appealed to Jesus, not on Lazarus's goodness, but on God's goodness, because what they said was, come quickly, the one whom you love is sick. The one whom you love. It's his faithfulness that anchors us in hope, not ours. The one who you love, come quickly. See, our peace is anchored in the finished work of the cross. And that's just a simple idea, but it's so profound in this moment, in this long middle that we're in. Don't binge on all the things that you think might give you solace and security and hope, but it's only in the finished work of Jesus as he models and see my hands, see what I have done for you. That's what I've come, to, that's the message that I bring is see what I've done for you, not what you're gonna do for me, not what I expected you to do for me, but what I did for you and so peace be with you. There's another thing that these wounds represent and um, see the, the disciples, the disciples were in the darkest moment of their of their life because the disciples had a different picture of what this whole thing was going to turn out like. See, when, when they read the prophecies about a, a Messiah coming, a Savior coming to save them from their plight and their situation and rescue the world, their view of that was that Jesus was going to come and he was going to roll into Jerusalem with an army and he was going to take over because at the time the Roman Empire was absolutely cruel and dominating. And so they believed that Jesus, when he got on that donkey, they were disappointed, by the way, it was a donkey. They wish it would have been like a horse. That's way cooler. But he got on a donkey and he rolled in and everyone waved the palm branches and he came into Jerusalem. They believed that this was their moment. And it's why they said, hey, Jesus, when you go to power, will you let us sit on your right and on your left? Like when you're the man, maybe we could be your number one and number two guys because then when we go into Jerusalem, we can rule together. It's going to be amazing, Jesus. So this was what they had 
in their mind. And so the opposite happened. Jesus was brutally murdered and they stood by. Some of them denied him, rejected him, sold him out. And now they're huddled up in a room in the darkest moment. And Jesus comes and he shows them his wounds. And these wounds must have been tormenting to them at first. Have you ever gone through something dark in your life? And when you come out of it, those are not the memories that you want. I mean, how long does it take for a wound to become a scar? When you go through something, there's, there's memories attached to that song. Does a song ever take you back to, to that moment, those dark times? What about pictures? There was a season in my life where, where I literally went back and I had to delete pictures from that season of time because they just instantly took me back there, those dark moments. And I think that for them, they had probably a flashback of when Jesus was being beaten and crucified. And he shows them those wounds, those scars. But I believe that there was something connected to it that was so profound that Jesus was doing. He, see, he wasn't just saying, like, you can have peace because of what I did on the cross. He was connecting something to the resurrection. See, the, the cross is, is, is duplicit. It's, there's two sides to it that are so important. See, the cross and the grave. The cross and the grave. The cross has to do with our sins. Our sins are nailed there. They are canceled. The debt against us is complete. And that's what we see in the blood of Jesus to wash away our sins. But Jesus didn't stay on the cross and, 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 and it didn't finish with our sins being completely taken care of. He went into the grave and then he rose again. He's no longer there representing resurrection restorative, redeeming power. See, Jesus was connecting them to his redeeming work to restore all things. Jesus is using this moment to remind them that he redeems all things. And I think that that's relevant in our life, not just for you know, the coronavirus and the season that we're in and the long middle, but Jesus, his favorite thing to do and his most profound work is to take something that's broken and make it beautiful again. Only he can do that. And it's not based on your merit and your good works. It's based on us surrendering to him, receiving his goodness, feeding on his faithfulness. And I think he was reminding the disciples that, listen, my body was broken, but I am alive and well. I have been restored. Now let me begin to restore you. Let me restore the world. The empty grave reveals resurrection power. See, what you saw as evidence that your world was falling apart, I'm using as a sign. What would God use in your life right now to be a sign? 
like, like the desert that seems like the worst moment, but that very thing becomes the doorway to hope. I know in my life, I've experienced things that seemed like they were irreplaceable, irredeemable, and yet when God touches it, it becomes beautiful again and it doesn't happen overnight. Sometimes it's a journey. Sometimes you get stuck in the long middle, but I promise you that when we give it to Jesus that he makes it beautiful and it doesn't always look like we thought it would. In fact, most of the time it looks much better. He has the ability to put our pieces back together. May you hear that and receive that when you're reminded of the resurrection power of Jesus. And so lastly, what comes next, next is the most counterculture. I think revolutionary thing about this whole story, but it, it's what connects it all and makes it all work. See, what comes next, next um, it, it would be one thing if, if Jesus came to them and said, peace be with you, showed them his scars and said, man, I'm here. Like, I, I want you to feel connected and loved. But, but here's the deal. Here's the deal. I think you should stay underground for a little bit because Jesus knew that A, he wasn't back for good. Jesus knew that he was just coming to say hey to them. He wasn't coming to rule. He wasn't coming to take over. He wasn't coming to protect them. He was just coming to reveal himself and then he was leaving, right? And so it would have made sense for Jesus to say, listen, it's really dark out there. I mean, really dark. In fact, the Roman Empire, they believe that they have completely eliminated this whole Christianity thing, though it wasn't called that. And so now they're hunting every one of those Christ followers to completely kill them. And so Jesus knew that the, that the success of his message, the success of everything he came to accomplish was hinged upon those disciples staying alive long enough to tell the story. And so I would have thought like, it makes sense for Jesus to say, listen guys, um, I want you to know I'm here and I want you to know you have peace and, and, and I'm restoring things. And so like, why don't you just stay underground for a little bit? Like the, the padlock, that was a good idea. Peter, was that yours? Good call. Let's keep that there. And let's just keep you guys hunkered down just for a little bit. And then the storm's going to move on. And then I'm going to release you guys out. And it's totally not what happened. And we'll read in verse 21 and 22 says, Jesus said to them, as the father sends me, even so I am sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Listen, like I'm landing the plane right here. Either we believe this stuff or we don't. Like either Jesus is restoring and redeeming all things and either we have the spirit of God living inside of us or we don't. And if we don't, then I think we need to hunker down and be afraid. I wrote this. If the message of the cross only has power, while we are safely locked in our rooms, then our faith is impotent and the cross was incomplete. The 
cross of Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 8 verse 11 says this. Yes, God raised Jesus to life. And since God's spirit of resurrection lives in you, he will raise your dying body to life by the same spirit that breathes life into you. Listen, I I love gathering. I can't wait till we gather again. I can't wait till this whole building is filled with people that need to know the gospel. I love hugs. Oh my gosh, Phil, I miss your hugs. I I, I love, I love being, being in a place where we can share meals together and go back to small groups. Like, yes, we need that. But listen, let's not forget that Jesus released peace for the gathering, but he released power for the scattering. There is power when we don't hunker down. There is power when we are sent out as Jesus breathes life by his spirit in us. We have something way more contagious than COVID-19. Listen, fear is contagious, but hope and joy and love and the good news is way more contagious, way more potent, and way more powerful. As we feed on his faithfulness, I believe that Jesus is breathing life into us. And listen, I'm not making a case that, like this this message isn't even about the coronavirus. It's about us as people. It's about us as followers of Jesus. But we do find ourselves in the middle of this situation. And I'm not saying that let's throw caution to the wind. I'm not saying that we shouldn't honor our government and all those things. I think we should. Listen, I'd love to go down to the beach like the next one, but I'm not because the beach is closed. Let's honor our authorities. Let's honor the things that they've set in place. Even here, we're practicing social distancing, kind of, to the best of our ability. I've given a couple fist punts, but in general, we're practicing those things. But in our spirit and the way, in our demeanor and the way that we act and the way we respond, let's respond with people with power, people of hope, people of destiny, people that are carriers of something that's so profound that the world needs. Let's be the church inside and outside these walls. As we feed on his faithfulness, may you receive his perfect peace anchored in the cross. May you receive hope for tomorrow and his resurrection power to restore all things. And may you receive power by his spirit to go, to be sent. This message is too good to stay here. Father God, we sense your goodness. As we feed on your faithfulness, God, I thank you that you have empowered and emboldened your church. God, I'm reminded of the scripture that you told the disciples as you reminded them when you said, peace be with you. You were connecting them to the perfect peace that you give and you were connecting them with what you said to Joshua all those years ago. Be strong and very courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't hunker down. Don't be dismayed. 
I'm with you. I will always be with you. And in this storm and in the next storm and in the next storm, we will anchor ourselves on the rock of Christ Jesus. And every wave and every wind and every storm that comes will be another example and another demonstration of resurrection power in our lives. And we give you praise for that. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Thank you for tuning in. And we're going to do something special in the next few moments. And we're just going to invite you to stay on if you like. We're just going to play one more song. And uh, just allow this song to really minister to you. Minister to you by the Spirit of God. We're asking Him to breathe once again into your spirit. You want to just want to close your eyes and sit there on your couch or wherever you're at watching. And just allow the Spirit of Jesus to minister to your soul. God bless you and have an awesome day. Yeah.
You are the Lord. 